Hey everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. We're on location. We're on location. We are... uh, we had to bring the chats to you. That's so, right. You know, how you doing over there? I'm making it. <laughs> I am. Uh, I've got is it a back problem. Yes. Yeah. Well, so. we'll uh, we don't have to get too deep into it. So. Oh, I thought. I, I mean, unless you want do to. the whole uh, episode oh, on yeah. my back well, problem. We can start at the beginning. Let's it's, go. Uh, it's part of uh, the well. Last time we talked about aging, so right, right. This is part of the aging process. Getting getting old. Well, I thought we could talk about um, your foray into the vodka industry. Oh yeah, I thought that would be a good story oh, to yeah. tell. Yeah, from livestock to uh, alcohol. Yeah. And yeah. and how that actually came about, and uh, ultimately, sure, yeah, that was uh, fell apart. That was an interesting process, and I got to be a part of it too. It, it, you did, at one you point, did, you were, was, you were a party, part of the marketing arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so why why don't you start us out with that? How how did it? How did you even come to? Uh, like, how did you make, you know, before it, before it even became what it was, part of it was that. Uh, well, it, it, it the, uh, revolved around the Russian connection, right. basically. Of course. I mean, you can't. Uh, vodka in <clears throat> Russia, it's well, like as synonymous. We, as we talked about, you know, this is back during the, uh, what I refer to as the barter-based economy. Yes. In Russia. One of the customers uh, for the gas business, or where they bought gas, uh, was a distillery in Russia, and so they offered to pay for the gas with vodka. And uh, this was the same. I think the distillery was the distillery that actually manufactured. Um, God, what was it? It's a famous uh, Russian. Yeah, Stoli. Yeah, exactly. Or no, or was it Stoli? Yeah, or it was, was Stoli. It? Oh, okay. it was Stoli. And as, as you'll find out, what you what you find out is, for the most part, vodka is uh, well, it's. It's 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 just strange from top to bottom. Uh, in any event, they they were uh, we can get into that later. But the, the way it worked was is so this company offered a substantial amount of vodka right. of, of the liquid product, not the bottling or any of that, just in bulk. And so I was tasked with finding out could we do something with it. It was just how how did because we didn't know anything about anything involving alcoholic beverages, importation, sale, all that stuff. So right. It involved quite a bit of uh inspection, 
and uh, thought and but just interfacing with the right people. So we found some people that could help us uh, understand the process of how liquor was imported and marketed. Kettle one. I thought that was the vodka. No. 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 Okay. Sorry. No, you're thinking you're you're further down the line. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm, so I'm this, telling you about how we got into I it. I gotcha. Okay. Excuse so, me. I, yeah. That is because I, as as will be developed, we did nothing with the vodka that was offered. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. back to where we were. Yeah. So so we started looking into it, or I did. And uh, started to talk to a consultant, and we found out some interesting stuff. Basically, uh, vodka is the simplest of all liquor to get involved in because it's really, by definition, it's nothing more than water and ethyl alcohol, period, full stop. That's it. That's the, that's the legal definition for vodka. So you take... Uh, like the proof uh, number, you know, vodka generally is 80 proof. And uh, proof is effectively, you take half of the proof number and that gives you how much vodka, how much actual, the percentage of actual ethyl alcohol, ethanol is in the product. So if you have 80 proof, it's 40% alcohol and 60% water. And then you can add little tiny minuscule things to it that might theoretically give it a taste. Okay. You know, or little things. Nuances. Yeah, but, you know, it's for my, you know, it, it really came down to uh, the water and where the water came from. Because even though you, the water that you use is ultimately filtered, you know, through a charcoal uh, filter. It's you still there is some taste to water, sure, and, and that differs by the geographic location. So any, anyway, uh, so we looked into it and we found out that there's this very um, complicated uh, distribution structure. And the marketing and everything is very, you know, it's 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 not easy to get involved. And it's a basically a three-tiered system where you have an importer that um, imports the alcohol or, or the product. And then you have a distributor uh, in a in each state. This is or, within the United States. This is not just, inter- just in the United States. Not internationally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, internationally. There is a structure internationally, but it's not worth even getting into. Right. Um, so we check. So it's a three tier. So you have the you have the importer, you have the uh, distributor, and then you have the retailer. So that's the three tiers. And so we checked into it, and we found you know it was just going to be too complicated. Uh, you know, for getting this product from Russia, bringing it over in bulk. You know, we had to have it shipped over in bulk, then getting it bottled. What were we going to sell it as? You know, then we had to come up with a trademark. It was, it was, who cares? You know, it just wasn't worth it. So my advice to 
the top management was tell them to pay in cash and forget about the vodka. But the one thing that we did find out is as well, but if we had product that was made in the U.S. or that we could easily bring over you know, through an existing structure, maybe it was worthwhile. You know, I mean, it looked like we could come up with something interesting. Maybe this was a business that was something we could get into. We were introduced to a guy that was a marketing guy. His background was just product marketing. He had nothing to do with the alcohol, alcoholic beverage industry. So he was he came on board to effectively handle uh, looking into the marketing. Was it worthwhile? And um, he's the one that came up with the name. And who is this? Tony. Oh, this Tony was originally a marketing guy. Yeah, Tony's background was mainly. Uh, he had worked for the Mars Candy Company. Mm-hmm. And so he was, you know, he was familiar with sales and marketing. He had done it all over the world, you know, with Mars, had done it in the U.S., had done it mainly in Europe. And he was, you know, he's, you met him, you knew him. He was, he's a really, uh, one of the best sales guys I had there ever met. Sure. As far as just a peddler. Right. You know, this guy could peddle stuff. And, and how did how did that how did how did you come across him? Was it just like a standard interview process, or somebody knew somebody? No, that knew he was somebody uh, kind of he was actually a cousin of one of the guys that worked for us. Okay, um, interesting, Bob. Oh we, yeah, yeah. We won't get into last name. No, 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 no. But I know who but, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Bob worked for uh, Etera for the for the gas company. Sure, and. Mainly just uh, logistics on the logistics side, and uh, so he introduced us to Tony. And Tony, Tony was doing bits and dits, different little products that he was picking up over in Europe. You know, tchotchke products, sure. You know, electronic stuff or stuff that he was. I think he was the one thing that the reason it fit so it seemed to fit well is he was. Selling a product uh, that dealt with carding people at uh, bars. Okay. And so this was a quick and easy way to card somebody and uh, solve that problem because that's obviously a a problem for bars is making sure you got a valid ID. Right. And and is this real? Anyway, he was selling. By carding people, you mean making sure they're of legal age to enter the bar. So uh, he was already interfacing with some bars. So he, you know, he kind of understood the process and was getting some basic information. So uh, we said, well, let's look into, let's see, even though we're not going to import anything from Russia, uh, how could we, you know, come up with something? Was it worthwhile? And he, he thought, Totally, absolutely, it was worthwhile. This was something he could make happen. Sure. For sure. No question about it. So we looked into it a little more. There isn't much that I feel like you could put in front of Tony that he didn't think that he could make happen. Yeah, as long as 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 somebody else was funding it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the first thing was trying, well, the first, as as I said, 
the easy part, the really the simplest, easiest part is to come up with a product. Right. Because there are a number of companies in the U.S., worldwide, that will manufacture a vodka product for you. So you tell them, hey, I want a, I want a, an, a vodka that's flavored, not flavored. I want it to have this profile, whatever, and they'll make it for you. Right. It's, it's, it's simple. They have uh, guys you know, that, that effectively run uh, a, a – the business is that they make alcoholic beverages for people around the world. So we uh, linked into this uh, group out of uh, Amsterdam, not Amsterdam, out of uh, the Netherlands. And uh, they basically had a really good name in the industry. You know, they made a lot of alcoholic beverage products. They made all kinds of age spirits, you know, like whiskeys and that type of thing. And uh, they made vodka, a number of vodkas. So we talked to them. We came up with a profile. And basically, the profile, uh, the taste profile was Kettle One. Kettle One. Yeah. And they had they effectively had the recipe for Kettle One. But again, it's it's based around the the the, the water and the source of the water well, kind is the of biggest is. part of is one of the bigger parts of the profile. Yeah. Well, you know, the more you, the more you find out about the alcoholic beverage industry, the more you understand that ninety five percent of everything dealing with alcoholic beverages is marketing. Market. Right. It's not real. It's Fake in one in one form or another, it's fake. Well, how you? I, I remember going into liquor stores, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I remember going into liquor stores, and they would always say, "What differentiates your vodka brand from yeah. all the other brands that are sitting up on the shelf?" Yeah, and from what you're saying is, for the most part, it's just all about how the brand is marketed because right. You can say it's distilled 18 times, but right. whether it's distilled one time or 18 times doesn't necessarily make a huge bit of difference. It doesn't. It's, in, it's in all the, marketing. In the taste profile It's of all vodka. marketing. It's, um, you know, Grey Goose. Uh, now, there there is vodka, vodka sure. that's really bad. So what, what and, I, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds because I want to, the story is more important. Yeah. But what separates, what, what, why is one vodka considered quote bad and, and it tastes like shit. Right. Compared to a, uh, uh, like a stole, okay. like a, like a, you know, a, a plastic pop off compared to like a stoli. What, what's right. the biggest difference? So, <laughs> so some of it is, is uh, it, it's really relates mainly to two factors. One factor is the quality of the alcohol, the actual distilled spirit, and the other is the water. Okay. And and the it's I guess to some degree it's the quality of the the company that actually does the mixing. Because what you're doing is is you're mixing alcohol with water. Sounds easy, but it's not. I mean there's there's a there's obviously a process to it that has to be followed because if you just Mix them together and shake it up 
together and stick it in a bottle, it's not going to taste that great. You know, it's it's going to taste maybe crappy. Right. So uh, clearly the uh, the bottler is is a big part. The quality of the people, uh, their the process that they use, the cleanliness of the facility, uh, and the bottling process itself. You know the the bottle. I mean, it, it's an entire when when you're making a product from scratch, which is what we were doing. Uh, the first thing you do is you're you're coming up with the, the so-called formula. That's the liquid. Part of the right. product, the profile. That's the, that's that's the that's the first step, and then the second step is well, actually, the second through the hundred steps are all marketing, because everything you choose is based on how are we getting this thing to market, right? And what is going to differentiate it from other spirits, you know, which is what you're talking about. So the bottle is a big part of that. The shape of the bottle, the design of the bottle, and not just the glass, plastic, whatever you you're going to pick a type of bottle. It's either glass, plastic, or some other material. But then you have to deal with the cap, the closure. Is it going to be a screw cap? What is it a, like a snap off cap? Or there's all kinds of caps and the colors that you're going to utilize. You know. And the name, oh yeah, the name, that's a big part, you know, coming up with a trademark. And then all of this, so, so there's an entire marketing process that goes into it. And eventually what you come out with is you come out with this finished product that is, you've, you've got the liquid product, you've got the packaging, which is a whole nother part of the product. And then you've got the big thing, of course, is the trademark name. And that's so that's how you put that all together. But that's only one, the very first part of the process. So once you get that all put together, uh, since we were going to be importing it from. Let's let's take the step to we did. We circle back to the name. So, yeah, you, you well, had, we haven't got to. The, yeah, you had said that. Tony was the one who came up with the yeah. Well, we 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 wanted to come up, even though it was going to be a Dutch, you know, from the Netherlands, Dutch vodka. Uh, the whole thing had started with a Russian, you know, and we were quote a Russian company, right? So we were we were going to come up with something, and so he said he had always wanted to name a product after his ex-wife. <laughs> And so that her it had to have the word bitch in it. So uh, he said, let's actually, it wasn't him that came up with the name. It's our marketing company. They said, let's try to come up with a, with a name that sounds Russian, but meets the requirement that it has bitch in it. So they said, after come, coming up with like three or four, the, the one that we picked was Ivanovich. I-V-A-N-A-B-I-T-C-H. I love to hear what the other three or four names were. Oh, they didn't have anything to do with, uh, they were just names. I mean, right. they, they came up, like any marketing company, they came up with five different names. And so that's the one 
I mean, it was the only one with the word bitch in it. Oh, okay. And I wasn't, you know, listen, with the, you know, Tony wasn't running the show. This was, you know, his idea, and he thought it was a hook. It, and it, it ended up being a really bad choice. <laughs> you know, long term, it was a really stupid idea. But it was it was one of many stupid ideas he came up with along the uh, way that cost us a lot of money. Right. And uh, but it sounded interesting, you know. And and so we we talked uh, to a uh, well, and 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 from my understanding, Ivana bitch in Russian. The B, there is no letter B. Is that correct? No, there's a B. Oh, I, but, I, the, I, B, but the B, the B looking letter, is pronounced V. Okay. So theoretically, it would have been pronounced Ivanovich. Right. But yeah, that that was baloney. Yeah, it was never. It never actually made its way into our marketing. In any way, oh, shape, or form. Well, it did in, in my spiel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But th that's what it was. It was just a spiel. So we ended up uh, deciding uh, to move forward with it. You know, we, we came up with a budget for how much this would take. Um, we would uh, found out we had to get a, a consultant to help us with uh, running it through all the regulatory processes, which means applying... Uh, to the federal government, the U.S. federal government. And they're the ones that basically run everything from a regulatory process, meaning making sure your product meets all the legal requirements for importing into the United States. So we had to send samples to the U.S. government. Uh, we had to send them uh, mock-ups of the bottle, the marketing materials, and all that, there's all kinds of requirements. The size of the print on the bottle, everything right. is regulated. So we had to run that through. We, we got all, finally got all of that done. Uh, we decided uh, to import the product ourselves as opposed to uh, finding an importer that would uh, bring it into the States. So... Uh, we decided to skip the importer and become our own importer. So we called it International Spirits was the importer. And so International Spirits uh, would import the product into the U.S. And so we ended up being what's called a wholesaler in the U.S. We had a wholesale license. And um, so the next question was, well, where were we going to sell this stuff? So we finally, after looking around all over the place, uh, and, and of course, one of the things we talked about is this three-tiered system. So we had the bottler, we had the importer, which was us. Now we had to find distributor. a distributor. Then it was a question of what state we were going to bring it into. And the idea was uh, we decided to use uh, Georgia, Initially, and uh, we used, I think we used uh, small, small, it was actually a beer distributor, but they were licensed as a liquor distributor. So we used a small uh, beer distributor that agreed to act as our distributor in 
uh, Georgia. And what we didn't talk about is, is that just about in every state, you can only have one distributor. And in most of the states, they have what's called a franchise law, which means once a distributor is named as your distributor, that distributor is forever your distributor. And the only way you can get your product transferred to another distributor is if the original distributor agrees to give it up. Right. Or do so, what? They sell the rights to it, right? To another yeah. distributor? They do. But, but then if they sell the rights, you as the wholesaler don't see any of that money. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Basically, once you name, we didn't realize, we really didn't have any true expertise in this business at all. You know, so it, this, it, in retrospect and looking at this, the way we went about uh, handling it was really kind of sophomoric. You know, it, it was it was destined for failure. Well, I mean, I always remember, and I I remember talking to Stacy about it that if I tried to do this, if I had brought this to you and said I was doing the business this way, you would have told me I was crazy. You would have told oh, me yeah. what what are you what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you doing it like this? Because well, it was, it was always, most of this was all driven by Tony. Who's because, very fly by the seat of his pants. No, I mean, it wasn't that. Like. It was, he was telling us that he, he had made inroads here and this, you know, this, this distributor is going to do such a fabulous, and it was just, it was just crap. It was just a bunch of crap. Right. But so, a little bit of a sidebar. So what was the deal in, t in, Texas, like what was it? No, that didn't come. I didn't that didn't come till later. Till, no, no, no. But I mean the the whole thing with the with when you guys brought Rob and I in, and we came and shot. There was like a launch party there, and we we did video for the launch party. I created a oh, video yeah, for you yeah. guys, and there was a cousin of of yeah. the Russian faction. Well, we try. Like, I mean, mainly is that jumping too far ahead? No, I mean it's. it's it, the the whole idea was to was to test test the marketplace. I got gotcha. you without spending a ridiculous amount of money. So the idea was was to find one maybe two states. We would spend the money to get legally qualified in those states. We'd find distributors in those states, and um, then we'd see if we couldn't kick it off. Uh, now, the, the the way I recall it, I mean, this has been a while ago. Sure. So, uh, but the way I recall it is, is um, we decided to use Florida. That's our original setup was in Florida. And we used uh, Southern Wine and Spirits as our distributor in Florida. And uh, they, they, they basically had a like a small Southern Wine and Spirits is is like the 800 pound gorilla in the United States. They're one of like two other. They're one of three uh, multi-state distributors. And so they're huge. And what they do is every year, you know, they'll try some brand new vodka uh, flavors or not flavors, but brands to see if they fly. And so Tony went down, did a pitch, 
And they said, sure, you know, we'll take a shot. You know? And uh, so we decided then to move forward with Florida. And we, we did a kickoff uh, utilizing uh, spring break in Panama City. Oh. So Tony's, you know, we, we got set up. We did some initial inventory. Um, he went out and without getting into too much of the legal restrictions, there were all kinds of restrictions on, you know, who could actually physically sell, you know, who could go out and talk. Right. As you, you know, sure. uh, you can't just go in and talk to a retailer. You only the sales guy with the distributor can make the sale. Right. You can go in with him, but you know, there are very specific legal restrictions. So, you know, Tony went in and and uh uh with with the Southern Wine and Spirits guy, and uh they went out in the panhandle, you know, Panama City, and set up, you know, some tastings, uh, you know, with during spring break. Uh, and we we put a fairly significant uh, I don't know how I can't recall how much it was, but it was not insignificant marketing budget to run this whole spring break deal. Right. And it went, I would say, you know, it went OK. It it, it went well enough that Southern Wine says, well, you know, they would continue. They would con- consider continuing repping us in Florida. Right. And then <clears throat> off of that. But the problem becomes, you know, you, you went in, you spent this amount of money to try to garner the attention. But then once that marketing piece kind of fades away yeah. and you're just a bottle on the shelf, well, do you still. Yeah. Well, the reason the reason it was, the, the, first of all, the idea of utilizing. The, this is like a Harvard business study. Of how not to <laughs> how not to get a uh, vodka brand off the off <laughs> or the, any brand every for that every matter. single thing we did was wrong it it just in it, when you and when you look at it in retrospect it and when we when we analyzed what we had done we realized it was just stupid one, one we here we we're doing spring break right in Florida right so these are all kids. Yeah, you know, mostly these are kids coming into Florida for a two-week period. We're spending all this money to get these kids to try out this vodka that they can't buy anywhere else. anywhere else except Florida. So what a what a yeah what a silly idea that was. So the whole thing with Florida was just a bust basically, and that's when we came up with the idea of uh, trying something in Georgia. And also as part to, to talk about the Texas relationship, because there were really only <clears throat> three states. Um, one of it was Florida, Georgia, and Texas. And we, we ended up in Texas because we bumped into Jay, uh, the distributor, uh, at, at a convention of some, it was, it was some linkage. He was in Florida, Tony met him at right. some convention and uh and so he said you know look i've got this big customer in texas that's looking for a vodka brand to use like as a house vodka and if if he likes it and the pricing is good 
they would buy it in bulk, you know, large quantities. So that's what ended up happening. So we ended up doing Florida, Georgia, and uh, Texas. Uh, Texas. And uh, Florida never took off. It just, we never did well in Florida. Uh, Georgia, we ended up doing fairly decent, uh, mainly because we got uh, something. There was something with a rap. It was a, yeah. bl- a black rap star. Yeah. A one hit wonder guy. Yeah. 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 And uh, so we got, we got to be kind of a, the or one of the vodka brands in Atlanta. And uh, especially amongst the black community. But wasn't was was that because at some point in here, the, the it, it got separated from the 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 people that you were working for yeah, no, no, that were not no, there no, yet. No, no. We're okay. not even close to. Oh, that. okay, all right. No, because I thought he wasn't brought in, the the rap guy wasn't brought in until no, later. No. Okay, no, it, it it was it was semi successful in Georgia, yeah. semi successful. Well, so so the. The rapper was also a DJ at strip clubs. Right. And so right. the that's where it really kind of it, was born in, in Atlanta. Well, it started it started to get clubs. a following. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, we're and still- And it was a low price point. Too. Yeah. Well, we're feeding, you know, we're this thing is costing a lot of money. I mean, we are spending, and when I say we, I'm talking about my company, right. you know, the Jacksonville company. Uh, when I say my, the company I worked for, uh, was spending a lot of money on this. We, uh, we invested, I don't know, all in, I think, when it was all said and done, uh, we put about $4 million bucks into it. Wow. So, But uh, that's not uncommon. I oh, feel no, like no. In that no, as a matter of fact. In the liquor industry. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you talk to anybody in the liquor business, and they'll tell you, that if you don't have 20 million bucks, you're not going to make it. Chances are just extremely small that you're uh, going to make it if you don't have a $20 million marketing budget. Uh, and, and that's pretty much when, when you look at all these large uh, bottlers or uh, mar- trademark owners in, in the industry, whether it's um, Brown Foreman uh, or... Uh, Bacardi, all these huge companies, if when they bring out a new brand, the minimum marketing budget for a new brand is 20 million bucks. I mean, now it's probably 30 or 40 million. Uh, but so us spending $4 million, considering we started with nothing, we really didn't put anything. The amount of money we spent was nothing. Right. And that's basically why nothing, it didn't ever, go nothing ever transpired. Right. So the the so we did get some traction, some traction in Georgia, and uh, this connection in Texas uh, turned out to be our very very best connection, and it was where we generated, I'm going to say, sixty to seventy percent of our revenue came from Texas, and from mainly this one, um, it was a retailer. large retailer. Yeah in Texas that uh, had, I don't know, maybe about 50 stores in I mean, Texas. Yeah, I think you can name who they are. You give them a plug if you want to. Okay, go Still ahead. Specs. Specs. Was the yeah. was the business. 
So Specs, but but the guy that got us involved was this was Jay. It was Jay. Jay was a was he owned uh, a distributor in Texas. I mean, you had a hell of a saleswoman out there too, right? Saleswoman. Oh, his wife. Well, well, they he ended up being his wife. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, she was she was very good. Um, but re- but realistically, the only real the only reason why it really did well in Texas was because Specs was buying it. This right. was their what what we what I call the house brand. So if you wanted to buy a ten dollar vodka, uh, Ivanovich uh, was that was the one that was always on special right. in uh, in in Texas in and around Texas. Well, I mean, it's something people don't know, and that you would have to understand also about the liquor industry, especially as a retailer, is that when you walk into a liquor store, you have to envision that every inch of the the every square foot is 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 real estate that right. that you know other distributors look to buy even though that's yeah. not legally you're you're not supposed well, to be able to depending on the state of course but they build all these huge displays that you see especially if you go into a grand liquor store such as specs which is kind of a liquor warehouse if you will these these huge displays that are pyramids to like the ceiling, right? You're the distributor or or the the um, importer can you know kind of make sure that they are in that spot by either giving product or or paying for it. I mean, I guess you're paying for it either way. You do pay. Well, I mean, it's all actually most businesses in in the <clears throat> food and beverage industry are set up. The, it's called pay for play. Right. It's basically you're you're effectively paying for your space on the shelf. And the way you do that is through discounts. Yeah. So you're increasing the the retailer's gross margin. Right. Because you're giving him discounts on the product. So his gross margin's higher. So he wants to push your product because he's making more money off of it. So in, in any event, that's the way the company was set up. And we ran it. That the, way. The reason why I said that is because in specs, there was always a monster display, I feel like, of Ivanovich, yeah. which is why well, it did well, that's because so the, well in the store. Well, that's because of the price point. Well, and, and plus it was it was a good flavor profile. It was a kettle one, tasted like just like kettle one. Right. So it, for it was, really it was cheap, good, for, for 10 yeah, bucks. Yeah, good, good quality vodka. So it was a, a good value for for the retail, the purchaser. So the it worked decent, but meanwhile, we're we're so we're spending a lot of money, and we're not making any money. Yeah, you know, we're just continuing to feed the marketing beast, and uh, it's you know eventually it reached the point where you know after this four million dollars had been pissed away, all we had to show for it was uh, a lot of inventory because we had bought. By the time I think the whole we called it quits, uh, we had the base vodka, which was Ivanovich, and then we had some flavors, some some flavors. We well, had a gin. Well, yeah, but no, real realistically, forget about all the rest of the stuff. The vodka was it. We never we never made money off of anything but the vodka. Period. Full stop. We had all kinds of products. They all were bust 
They never made any money. It was all just a total. But night. even the vodka itself, you're, as you're saying, wasn't really making any any money. No, not at that point. No, no, it never made money. Never made money. And and honestly, at the point that we sh that we shut it down, uh, you know, thank God we shut it down then, because we could have punched another twenty million dollars, <laughs> and it still would have died. Eventually, it would have died. It just wasn't going to. Uh, and and th the other thing was there was not a. The only reason we got to four million is the money came in in dribs and drabs. You know, oh, we can. We think we can do this. Right. You know, Tony Tony would always come in with the next project. He was firing up the paddles. Yeah. And ready to resuscitate. That, resuscitate the yeah. brand. We're yeah. going to make it happen. Yeah. Oh, we've got, the, we got a deal with this guy and we're going to kick it off again in Georgia. And, you know, we'll just, it just cost another 50 grand. Okay. <laughs> so it just dribbed and drabbed and dribbed and drabbed. And finally, we looked at the balance sheet and it had gone, oh my God, this is just... The drip this is drive had dried up. Yeah, this is this is crazy. <laughs> We're going to shut it down. Finally, Etera, my company, made the decision to shut it down. It was a loss, a loser, and you uh, take it on the chin. And, yeah, and and, 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 te and technically, I was the one that was running this. Right. You know, I was I was overseeing it, and uh, so Tony, you know, Tony was running the day to day, and I was overseeing it. And I'm the one that had to go back and say, look, this is, it's yeah, this is just never going to work. Right. There was a, we had taken out a credit line. As far as Utero was concerned, this was a project that we took on that was relegated to the trash heap. Right. And uh, so that was it. But but there was still a product you know, left that we had paid for. Right. So. And what's going to happen to the product? What's going to happen to that? Who's going to deal with it? You know, because like anything else that uh, Tony was ever involved in, it never was that you could just shut it down. There was always something else that needed to be done in order to get rid of it, you know, <laughs> and just really shut it down completely. Right. Uh, Has, had this been the, I mean, I, I know it wasn't the first time I'm sure that you, you had, had a fail at trying to do something, but was this, this is a pretty big kind of fail to to yeah it it really was i mean it it i i think th there were a number of people that became involved from from the terra perspective there were a number of people that were involved in the project because there were a number of of people from the russian side uh from the gas side of the business that got sold on the prospect of this, you know, of the, the vodka. Right. And uh, so it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just the, the, the big man. There were some other executives that really, Tony did, you know, his usual sales job. Right. And these people bought off on this idea. So there were the this money was coming from, you know, top execs, and uh, and they were buying off on a lot of these promises that Tony was making, and you know Tony didn't he didn't give a damn you know he's just 
he's coming up with idea because he it's he's basically working for this whole for this project right like as the i i don't know what you want to call him uh but he's like a general manager he's he was being paid as a general manager so he's got a lifeline you know here here his his uh his revenue source for his own uh for his life and covering his monthly nut and his personal expenses was coming from this business right so he was effectively telling the story you know every month it was a new story he was coming up with a new line of this is happening this is happening i've got this guy over here right this guy's going to promote that it's only going to take us another 10 grand here 15 grand here meanwhile he's getting his monthly stipend but i mean he was an exciting guy and i mean i feel like he oh. had, he had a way of of spinning things to to most people uh that that you would get jazzed about it you would get excited yeah. about it and i i think that's you know that he was well, able to tap into that and well tony tony is what i call a top line guy meaning tony is only concerned about the revenue side of the business he wants to make sure he hits his sales revenue target right period full stop he doesn't care how what the bottom line is right so he doesn't care how much uh, discounts, buyback allowances, goodies we have to give a distributor or a retailer or anything else. He just wants to make sure that that revenue number is is what he said it was going to be. So um, it's it, as you said. I mean, I'm, I I don't want to make Tony out to be uh, a, a Ghanaf, you know, or a thief. He wasn't a thief. He basically was just doing whatever he needed to do to manipulate us into. I mean, he was li he was lying to himself just as much as he was lying to us. Right. So he had sold he he sold himself on the on the the lie was just it wasn't a lie because he believed it. Right. The old and George only, the old George if, Costanza saying if, if only you could get to next month. Right. You know, let's just get to next month. That's all we got to worry about. Well, it's like a betters mentality. You know, if you if you, yeah. if you keep losing, then you just you just keep betting because you're going well, sooner or later you're going to get that break. Yeah, but he never lost. He never lost. Right. He always he always made something happen, and and that made you believe. Well, oh, okay. Well, he said he could. We could get, get to this the next, done, right? Yeah, but but unfortunately the the the. There, there never was a true business plan, you know, where you've got, hey, you know. We Which need is like hit, Steve Kogler 101. We I need mean. to hit this target. We need to hit this target. We need to. Th Let's no, because get the business We were plan. all caught up in the whole deal. Right. You know I mean? The excitement of it. Oh, sure. Because you're meeting all kinds of interesting people and it's glitzy. You yeah. know, I mean, just look at when you look at today's world, you know, you see all these movie stars and. And uh, recording artists, right. and they all have a vodka brand or or something else, some other alcoholic beverage. So we're meeting all these people yeah. at the conventions, and it's you know it's it's fun. I mean, there's 
there's a lot of fun times to work. Well, I mean, you're also imbibing, you know, you're, you're, you're all these conventions. I mean, you're tasting different alcohols. Oh, you're, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a, you're you, drunk you, got a, the yeah, you got a buzz going on right. and so does everybody else. So I feel no. like a lot, a lot of deals are made in, you know, when, when the inhibitions have, have been loosened. Yeah. And this, and, and this was a period when of my life, when I was, Bending the elbow quite a bit <laughs> in my travels to Europe and uh, in the trend in, in the vodka business, we were drinking a lot of booze. Right. Yeah. Uh, you got to make sure your product is, uh, is good yeah, as you say yeah. it is. But, but it, what's interesting is, is the more that you taste the product, the better it gets. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so it, it, um, well, but, but at the end of the day, we finally, made that decision to shut it down. Right. And that was the end. As far as Etero was concerned, the vodka business was gone. Right. Period. Full stop. But was it the end for Ivanovich? No. Quite. It was not the end. The end question mark. That's it. Okay. Well. That's it. 